You're listening to the Church on the Move Roswell podcast. We hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Thanks for listening. Let's check it out. Psalms 19 verse 1 says, God's splendor is a tale that is told, written in the stars. Space itself speaks his story through the marvels of the heavens. His truth is on tour in the starry vault of the sky, showing his skill in creation's craftsmanship. You know, the Bible says that that everyone is without excuse. In Romans chapter 1, it says there's not a human being on the earth that is without excuse at any time. It doesn't matter if you lived in the 15th century, uh, before Jesus was, was uh, 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 born and died. It doesn't matter what time you ever lived. God said he wrote his story in the sky. And so he's saying that it's impossible for an honest human being to look up in the sky and to look around how the universe is created and not know there's a God. It's impossible. And when human beings realize, hey, there has to be a creator, there has to be a God, and they take an honest look for God and say, I want to know the one true God. God said he will always, always get the word to them. Always. Uh, I tell the story uh, that I've heard from the Gideons, um, uh, the people who print Bibles and distribute Bibles around the world. We, We support them every year. The Gideons, that there was a guy who was given a Bible by a Gideon on a train, they were passing out Bibles on a train in India, and uh, there was a villager. This is a true story. This is not some made-up story. It's a true story. There was a villager who'd been searching for God. Said, "I know there's a God, and we can't be right about which God it is because the gods that we're serving, gods that we're serving, are all evil, and it's awful what it produces in our lives." And so he was generally looking for the one true God. And this guy was given a Bible on a train in India, and he just said, "I don't want nothing to do with this." It was written in their language, and he said, "He just threw it out the window." Well, that villager happened to be strolling along on the, by those railroad tracks and found that Bible and came to know the Lord Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, became the pastor of that village and led almost the entire village to Jesus because one person was looking for the truth. And they knew it was true because it's impossible to look at this universe and not go, man, there's got to be a... Someone, this was created This wasn't an accident. It wasn't by chance. There's no way. You don't blow up stuff and it falls into order. I can't take trees, tar, raw materials, iron ore, put it in a stack, blow it up, and after the the dust settles, there's a perfect house there. If we could do that, we'd be blowing up stuff all over the place. Chaos does not produce order. It's a violation of physics. The laws of chaos does not produce order. Order produces order. Order produces, it's impossible for any of their theories to be, and they know it. That's what's crazy. They know, but they're not looking for the truth. This is why people end up with other gods and other things they believe is because they're not looking for the truth. They're looking to justify their own sin and their own lifestyle. And when you look to justify, you'll, uh, man, Satan's got a million things he'll let you worship. And, and, you know, he'll let you worship a rock if you want to justify your life of sin and do whatever you want to do. He'll let you do anything. Believe nothing. 
Just don't believe nothing. He's okay with that. Satan's all right with that. As long as you don't believe in the Most High God. As long as you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, the only one that can save your life. Satan's okay. There's a million ways to hell. There's only one way to heaven. And that's through Jesus. And if you take an honest look at God's creation and his beauty, you're going to realize, oh my gosh, there's a God. And he says, he tells a story with the stars. And this is what else he says. It says, each day gushes out its message. This is Psalms 19, verse 2. Gushes out its message to the next. Night by night, whispering its knowledge to who? To everybody. Everybody can see the stars. Everybody can see the sky. Everybody can see the moon. Everybody can see God's creation. Everybody can see the animal kingdom and the plant kingdom. Everybody can see how human beings are produced and how special and and how special the earth is and how special the universe is. Everybody can see it. He says, so he's speaking his knowledge to everyone, to all. He said, without a sound and without a word, without a voice being heard, Yet all the world can hear its echo. What is the echo all the world can hear and see? Is that God said, let there be. And we're seeing the echo of what God said. We don't know if it's thousands or millions of years ago. We're seeing the echo of what God said to be. And we still see it today. It's the message. What is the message? There is a God that's the creator. And that God loves us. Only a God that would love us would give us a planet this special. Seriously, only a God that would love us would say, you know what, the night sky's too dark. I'm going to put some lights in it and make it beautiful. And I'm going to, because I want you, he said, I did this for you. He did it for us. So we wouldn't just look, look into empty space. He allowed light to shine through those, those stars and those other, those other suns and those planets that are exploding into our universe that we could see the starry sky and that it wouldn't just be blank, a blank canvas. God never leaves a blank canvas. Anywhere he goes, he's, he's touching it, something special happens. And so then he goes on to say this, yet all the world can hear its echo everywhere its message goes out so all the world can hear it All the world can see it, and it's everywhere. Everywhere its message goes out. What a heavenly home God has set for the sun. Now he's talking about the sun. Shining in the superdome of the sky. See how he leaves his celestial chamber each morning, radiant as a bridegroom ready for his wedding, like a day-breaking champion eager to run his course. So he talks about the sun, you know, the S-U-N, rising, and it's like a day-breaking champion rising beautifully in the, in the sunrise. And I'm very blessed. I have two, two great friends. One lives east out in the country, and one lives west. And so they send me pictures of the, of the beautiful sunsets, and then I get pictures from the other one of the beautiful uh, uh, or sun rises, and then I get beautiful pictures of the sun setting. And they send them to me all the time. And, and I'm like, keep sending these. Why? Because I'm enamored by the beauty of it. Not that it's just beautiful. And, you know, God says you can't be careful. Don't worship the creation. Worship the creator. And so I don't worship the creation, but the creation speaks to the greatness and beauty and unbelieving love and the character and the creativity of our God. He painted the sky the other night on a sunset. I think it was, 
was it last night or the night before? Oh my goodness! And my guy out west sent me a picture from his shot, which is which is uh, I, I live by a bunch of trees, so I can't see the whole thing. But man, he sent me the whole picture. Oh my gosh! And in my part, I could see a little bit of it, but in my part, it was all pink. The clouds were all pink all the way across the sky. And I'm just, I stand out there and look and go, God, you're incredible. No one could do this but you. And it speaks, it should be speaking to us, the beauty of our world, the beauty of the universe. I mean, I look at all those pictures that they come out with all the new telescopes of these supernovas. They had a something, some kind of super explosion in space, and it showed the picture of it. Man, it was, did you see that, Olivia? It was red. It was, it was like red and orange, and it just kind of, it was in a circle, and it just kind of went out in a bigger circle. It was, it was gorgeous, beautiful, beautiful and powerful. And God is saying, listen, you can look at these things I've made. You look at the sun and look what I made. And you should tell by the sunrise and the sunset how great I am, how awesome he is. He says this, he rises on one horizon, completing his circuit on the other, warming lives and lands with his heat. Guys, We've seen movies, some of you might not have. I watch these movies. I, I like these kind of movies. About end times where, like, there's been a nuclear war and the sun's blotted out. So you, the sun cannot co cover the earth. And so the earth just turns to everything dies. The earth turns to ashes. There's no food growing. Everything dies because the sun's not hitting it. Guys, without the sun, our world would be completely dark and dead. Dark and dead. Now, David, who... The Holy Spirit, God wrote this word through him, goes on to say this. There's a reason why he starts with that. He says, Yahweh or God's word is perfect in every way, how it revives the soul. So he's talking, he's saying, compare the S-U-N, the sun, that without it, everything would die on our planet. The, the world would be dark and dead. He said, compare that to the word of God. Compare it to the word that our lives would be dark and dead without the word of God in us. Without the word of God in us. Our lives would be dark and dead and so would everybody else's. Why? Because the God's grace and, and his uh, goodness is still on the earth because we're still on the earth. Let me say it again. The only reason God's grace and goodness is still abounding on the earth it's because we're still on the earth. The world, the unbelievers get in on the goodness of God because of us. Because he said, I, called the, I caused the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. On those that are right with me and even those that are wrong. Why? Because the ones that are wrong get in on the blessings for the right. So the farmer who loves God gets rain and the farmer who doesn't love God gets rain. He gets rain because of the farmer who does love God. Our families are blessed. This whole country, this whole world is blessed because Christians are still on the planet. When we're removed from the planet, when Jesus comes back and removes his church from the planet, that's when all hell takes place and the Antichrist takes over and the wrath of God is poured out and then the earth just starts to die. A third of the oceans die. A meteorite hits the earth called Wormwood and causes the sky to go black and so the sun can't shine. And that part of the, it's not the whole world, it's just part of the world. That whole part of the world, everything dies in it. Every plant, every animal, every human being. 
All these things start happening. Why? Because we're gone. As long as we're here, none of those things are going to happen. But when we're gone, it's all going to happen. And God is saying, my word alive in you, my word alive in you is far greater and more powerful than the S-U-N is to the earth. Why? Because the word of God alive in us created the S-U-N in about a billion other sons around that are ten times bigger than our sun. Galaxies, the universe. God says, I uphold the whole universe by the word of my power. The word of my power. His word and the power that he put in his word upholds the whole universe. He spoke it and it upholds it. It keeps everything. That's why we don't fly out of orbit. That's why we orbit around the sun. That's why Mars doesn't hit us. Because God spoke it, and his, his word just upholds the whole universe. Causes the sun, causes us to keep rotating, and, and the sun rising and setting, and things, seasons to come and go. And he's comparing the word to the word of God in our lives to the sun on the earth. And he's saying, it's, it's more powerful than the S-U-N is the word of God in us. The Bible says the word of God is like a double-edged sword. Why is it double-edged? Because the first edge is God. When God speaks the word, it's sharp. Then he said, when you get it in your mouth, it's sharp. It cuts both ways. God speaks it, then we speak it. Come on now. He said, it's powerful. He said, my word is alive and powerful. You can't separate the word from God. In John 1, he says, and the word was always with me. I created everything by the word. Who is the word? Jesus Christ is the word made flesh. He is the word. If I took this Bible and said, dropped it and, say, and said, God, make a human being out of it. He said, I already did. It's Jesus. He is the word. He's the living word. And this word that comes off these pages and becomes alive in us becomes the living word. And then he says this, Yahweh, God, teach, uh, Yahweh's teachings or God's teachings are right and make us joyful. His precepts are so pure. We're talking about being holy. God said, when you know his word, it brings joy to your life and it, and it purifies your life. It separates your life from the world. I don't know if you realize this, but we were born behind enemy lines. When you were born in this world, you were born behind enemy lines. This world system is run by the little G-O-D, the Bible says. That's Lucifer. He runs the world system. And everybody who cooperates with him is part of that system. We're opposed to that system. We were born behind enemy lines. And then we were born again to resist, stand up to, and fight back against that enemy. And God put his word inside of us. He put his all-powerful, almighty word that takes us out of darkness and breathes light and life into us the way the sun brings light and life. We, his word brings light and life inside of us. He said, Yahweh's commands, God's commands challenge us to keep close to his heart. The revelation light of his word makes my spirit shine radiant. 
Yahweh's or God's decrees are trustworthy. The fear of God is pure, enduring forever. The rarest treasures of life are found in His truth. That's why God's word is prized like others are prized greater than others. Even the finest gold is what that's, that says. Sweeter than honey are His living words, sweet words dripping from the honeycomb. We know that the first scripture the Jewish children were taught is taste and see that the Lord is good. And they would put honey on wax paper and they would lick it and they would memorize that scripture and they would lick honey. They would eat honey so that they would know that God's word is even sweeter than honey. And they would fall in love with God's word. So many people struggle to read it, struggle to apply it, struggle this and struggle that with God's word or hate it or want nothing to do with it. When it's the greatest treasure on the planet. It's the greatest treasure on the planet. It's more powerful than our sun in the sky. It's more powerful than the universe. And he gave it to us as a gift. And he didn't hide it. I mean, it's printed in languages. And it's, it's, you got voices now, voiceovers. And you can read it. If you can't read, you can hear it. If you can't hear it, they'll write it in Braille. They'll, I mean, I, if you can't see it with your eyes, I mean, I, I mean, every form, every way, you can hear the Word, learn the Word. God's made it easy to find and made Himself easy to find. He said, I made it easy for you to find me. Just look around and you'll see me. People are without excuse. He said, he said this, he said, for they warn us, your servants, and keep. Everybody say keep. Keep us from following the wicked way. The word of God is our keeper. Is our keeper. It, it's, it's designed to be a warning to us. Here's the problem. If you don't know the warning, if you don't know the warning, then you don't know what to be warned from. If you were in a military group that used a bugle to say, retreat, attack, stand your ground, you know, recollect, rearm, you know, had all these bugle blasts to tell you what to do, and you didn't know which one was which, you'd be confused. And so many people don't know what to do when things happen because they haven't taken time to learn the Word of God, and he's saying His Word is a warning. His Word, His word will warn you. I've told people before, they say, hey, Pastor Troy, I'm about about to go in a business partnership with somebody. And my first question is, I know you, but I don't know the somebody you're with, going to partner with, are they tithers? And they'll say, well, no, they're not really believers. And I'll say, the Bible says don't partner with a thief. They're stealing from God, so don't partner with them. That would be my best counsel. Every one of them that didn't listen has had trouble every single time. Every time it ends ugly. God's word, when you know the word, it'll speak to you. It'll blast the trumpet. Hey, that's wrong. Don't do that. That'll hurt you. Not just hurt you, but it'll hurt others around you. Don't do that. And then it also, he says, it's a blessing to us. Listen to this. He said, for they warn us, your servants, and keep us from following the wicked way, giving a lifetime guarantee 
of what? Great success to every obedient soul. So the Word of God not only warns us what not to do, it tells us what to do. It says, don't do this. This will hurt, and this this is sin, and this will bring a curse into your life. Do this, and this will bring great success and blessing in your life. The problem with the world today is that it's the blind leading the blind. What does God mean by that? Listen, when you're walking by the flesh, which is your feelings, God said that leads to death. But when you're led by the Spirit, it leads to life and peace. Okay, how does that work? It works this way. When the light of God's Word is not shining in you, it is not leading your steps and determining your path, then you're just walking in darkness. So the world is in this darkness, and they're feeling with their feelings their way trying to find their way through an absolute darkness. I don't know about you, but I've been in pitch black places and mountains and different places. Man, you have, to, you have to really think to know which direction you're going. I had a friend who got lost in the mountains hunting, and man, he, he, he got lost. He didn't have a light. He got stuck out and stayed out too long hunting and didn't get back in time when it was daylight and he got in the darkness. He got completely turned around. He wasn't 100 yards from the road. He ended up 10 more miles or further away from that road. If he'd have just known which way to go, he'd have been safe. But instead, because it was dark, he went the exact opposite way for miles and miles and miles. And then because it was so pitch black, while he was trucking along, he fell down a ravine. He's lucky he didn't get killed because if he'd have injured himself down there, he'd have died. It scratched his face up. It tore him up. After that, he had to walk. He, had to, he started walking in baby steps, inching his way along because he could not literally see what was in front of him. And then he saw a little bitty light way away from him, and he said, I don't know what else to do but walk towards that light. So he started walking towards that light, and when he found it, it was a light on a railroad track. And when he found that light on the railroad track, he said, okay, I'm going to stay on these tracks and follow them. they got to be going to someplace. So he followed the tracks, and lo and behold, at about morning time, he ended up on that road that he was originally on, and his buddies had been looking for him all night, and within five minutes he was found. But he'd been lost all night long. Why? Because he didn't have any light. People in this world, and that's why this, what we call woke, all this stuff about feelings. Most young people in today's world will have 30, 40 jobs. You know why? This doesn't feel right. My boss is mean. This doesn't feel. This doesn't feel. I don't feel like it. I don't feel this. I don't feel like getting up. I don't feel this. I don't feel this. And they're walking in the darkness trying to feel their way through, through life in absolute darkness. And then every once in a while, they bump into another human being that says, I know the way. And they start walking, and they don't even realize this person's walking in darkness too, and they're the blind leading the blind. In a very dangerous world where Satan is ruling over the systems of this world. God's the ruler of the universe, but people that have yielded to Satan, he's running the systems they yield to. And so, it's the blind leading the blind. But what does the Bible say? My word is a light, a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. So he said, listen, if you'll learn my word and put it deep inside of you and treasure it, I'll shine a light. In the middle of your darkness, I'll shine a light. Now you know where to go. 
And then as you learn to walk in the light of God's word, every once in a while you look up and he'll shine a big old lamp out in front of you. And then you're like, oh, that's where I'm going. You'll even make more ground. You'll go faster. But if you never let the light of God's word become alive in your heart and your mind, you'll always walk in darkness. And now we have, I don't feel. You hurt my feelings. I'm going to run, feel. Oh, it's all these touchy feeling. Everything's feeling. It's like, Daniel, you made fun of my bow legs. I don't feel like being the pastor of church on the blue anymore. You're prejudiced. You're a bow-legged hater. Listen, if I quit this job and quit pastoring this church every time my feelings got hurt, I'd have quit a long, long time ago. I'd have quit my marriage. I'd have quit my kids. I'd have quit everything. But I don't feel my way through life. I'm led by the Holy Spirit in life, by the Spirit of God in life. And so what happens is when you're led by the Word of God, He'll lead your feelings. Instead of your feelings leading you in the darkness, He'll shine light in front of you, and the light of God's Word will lead your feelings. What does that mean? That when you start learning to obey God's Word, your feelings will start to line up with the Word of God. You'll start enjoying and treasuring the Word and treating it like it's a joy to have and not some, you know, Man, I got to read my Bible today. I got to go to church. I got to go to church. You won't be dragging yourself in here. You'll be coming going, come on. My name's Jimmy. I'll take all you'll give me. Come on. Give me, give me, give me, give me. Give me the word. Give me the word, God. Give me the word. Because it warns me what not to do and tells me how to walk in your blessings. It, it, it separates the word of God and the light of God's word takes us out of the slavery to sin. Listen, there's only two types of people sitting in this room and watching online. Those that are slaves to sin and those that are free. Only two types of people on the whole planet. Slaves to sin and free people. What does it mean to be free? It means you never sin. No, you're free to choose, though. Till you know the Lord Jesus Christ, you don't have a choice. You're being ruled by darkness. You think you're choosing? You're not choosing. And anybody that's ever been addicted to anything knows that thing was talking to you. You weren't talking to it. You weren't saying, I choose to do this. No, it was saying, you're going to do this. It, was, it placed a demand on you mentally, physically, and spiritually to do it. Tobacco will place a demand on you. That diet, Dr. Pepper, you got to have at noon every day. Or to jumpstart your morning, it places a demand on you. Those of you addicted to that, man, you know what I'm talking about. It, you're not deciding to go get it. It's telling you, we got to go get a diet, Dr. Pepper. I'm a doctor, you're a doctor. I'm a doctor, I'm a Dr. Pepper. You know, and it's pulling on you. Those who've ever been hooked on drugs or alcohol know it's dictating to you. Even when you want to quit, it won't let you quit. Jesus is the only way that can cut that off and, and eliminate you from being a slave. Our God's the God of freedom. That's why you see these other nations. Do you know there's not one democracy, not one voted in people in all the Arab world? Not one. 
every dictator totally ruled and controlled by the threat of death. Why? Because only the people who's the real God and Jesus Christ is the Lord of, can, only those people can live in any kind of freedom. They give people freedom to choose and they have their freedom free to choose. Only Christian nations produce democracies. And the further those nations get away from the things of God, the less freedom we have. I tell you right now, from the time I was a little kid to now, we've lost. You don't know how much freedom we've lost. I had the freedom to get on my bike at six years old and ride around the whole city without one fear of being hurt. Not one of you would let your six-year-old child do that. Some of you, I wouldn't let my 13-year-old daughter do it. She didn't make it out of the front yard one time as some pervert pulled up and shouted something at her. I have to be cautious letting her walk to her friend's house. It's not even a block away. Before, my mom and dad, I'd wake up in the morning, do, my, do the jobs I was supposed to do, get on my bike and disappear. I didn't know drinking out of a hose was a bad thing to do. And in the summer, it wasn't even cold. It was that, you had to be careful. Those of you who never drank out of a hose, let it run for a minute in the summer. All of you who have done that know it comes out hot. You got to let it run to get to that cool water. And so I didn't know, I didn't know that was wrong. And I, I mean, guys, and all that freedom has been taken away slowly but surely. Now, now we, we don't let any of our kids do that. that that's just one example of a thousand examples, the further away our nation and the people, it's the people, the people get away from God, the less freedoms we have, the less safe we are. And, and it's not has nothing to do with democracies or republics. It has everything to do is do you honor the Lord? The more we honor the Lord Jesus, the more freedoms we have because he's the God of freedom. So... God's, God's saying, listen, my word will keep you and warn you and say, don't do this, do this. But he's still, because he's a God of freedom, he gives you a choice whether you want to do this or that. You get to choose. And let me tell you what you're going to choose. You're going to choose what you practice. You can practice doing right and you can practice doing wrong. What I know is this, whatever you practice as a, a former athlete and coach, and I know how you practice. When we would have great practices, we always had great games. When we had bad practices, we had bad games. Why? Because what you practice and how you practice is what you're going to do when you're under pressure to choose. So if you practice doing what's right, then when the pressure comes, you'll do what's right. You'll do what you practiced. That's, that's what we're talking about right there, holy. We're talking about being set apart. If you practice holiness in your secret life, your public life will take care of itself. So much of the time, this world, Satan always gets us so focused on the cosmetic. I mean, man, I don't even know what people really look like anymore. I don't get on social media a lot at all. But every once in a while, someone will show me a picture and say, this is that person I'm talking about. This is who it is. I'm like, who is that? They don't even look like that person. They've filtered it and covered it. And <laughs> I 
I'm like, man, these filters, but it's not real. It's cosmetic. And we spend, the Bible even talks about, you spend so much time, you know, on your body and so much time on your appearance and so much time on your clothes, but you miss it. He said, there's nothing wrong with presenting yourself well. Nothing wrong with physical exercise. But when you put all of the cosmetic in front of what really is happening in here, there's going to be a lot wrong in your life. A lot wrong. Not a little wrong. A lot wrong. And that doesn't give all of you excuses to say, see, I told you, I should have just came to church in my pajamas and my fuzzy slippers. (laughs) Don't do that. We'll get you saved. But, you know, or I can gain 100 pounds and I'm cool. No, that's not what God's saying. God is saying, though, we don't need to major on the minor. That's minor. We still need to do something about it. But that's minor compared to what is major is what is really going on in here and here. Because out of here and here flow the issues. The Bible says out of the heart flow the issues of life. Otherwise, how you live your whole life will flow from what you put in your heart. And so God's saying, my word is is greater than treasure, greater than honey. He says, for they warn us, your servants, and keep us from following the wicked way, giving a lifetime guarantee, great success to every obedient soul. Otherwise, when we obey God and say no to what we should say no to and yes to what we should say yes to, we're good. But if you live in the darkness and you don't know the word, then you don't know what to do when you're faced with the problem. Listen, when physical uh, uh, ailments have attacked my family, disease, sickness, I know what to do. I know what to do. But if you don't learn the word of God, you don't know what to do. And then you're walking in darkness. You're walking in darkness. Or when marriage trouble comes, I know what to do. Because I know what the word of God says to do when you have relationship issues. I know what to do when you have financial issues. Why? Because I'm brilliant? No, because God is brilliant. And he told me what to do. He said, don't do this and do this. He said, don't walk in fear, walk in prayer. You know, he, 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 he gives you direction on what to do and what not to do. Listen, you'll buy anything in this world if you don't know the word. Because the world is saying now that they're teaching now that heterosexual marriage, marriage between a man and a woman, is actually hateful and evil. Why? Because it makes everybody else feel bad. So they said everybody should, be, should have some kind of, you know, funky marriage, polygamy, uh, homosexual marriage, whatever it is. Everybody should be in this gender, queer, whatever uh, genre because heterosexual marriage is, is actually a paternalistic man-made thing that makes everybody else feel bad about themselves. See, if you don't know what the Word of God says, you'll fall for that crap because you're, you're in the darkness going, what? Oh, that sounds good. Oh, the, everybody else is going this direction. Everybody else is walking this direction. I can feel them. They're all, we're all feeling our way, and we're all, everybody else, this must be good because all society's going here when it's the blind leading the blind. And where that ends up, where that ends up following the public view of these things instead of the word of God is, you're going to stand before God and you're going to be in that group of people that the angels pick up and throw into the pit of fire. I'm serious. Guys, there is a hell to, to, that Jesus died so we didn't have to go there because he loves us. 
And he said the angels are going to toss people in because they're not going to want to go. And they're going to go, I just followed all of them. And God's like, right, you didn't follow me. And when they said this was right, you believed it. They say now Christianity's evil and believing that everything that Satan says is good. Killing babies is great, but somehow it's evil to stand up and say, let's let babies live. Are you kidding me? But if you don't know the word, you're walking in the same darkness and you'll go, it's monkey see, monkey do. You'll just go and do it. You just go and do whatever everybody else is doing. Unless you know the word. And God will separate you out and say, no, no, no. You're not, you're not just going to go with the flow. You're going to go with the flow of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to guide your path. And you're going to walk in this light. And it, it's not always going to be easy, but it's going to be really good. It's going to be really good. It'll end in success and not failure. He says this, how would I discern the waywardness of my own heart? Lord, forgive my hidden flaws whenever you find them. Keep, here's another keep, keep cleansing me, God, and keep me from my secret selfish sins. May they never rule over me, for only then will I be free from fault and remain innocent of rebellion. So may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my thoughts and every movement of my heart be always pure and pleasing, acceptable before your eyes, Yahweh God, my only Redeemer and my Protector. I gave you six things to walk in holiness. And that right there talks about the last one. We talked about choosing not to sin last week. 1 Corinthians 6, 18 through 20 says, run from sin. Run from sin. James 4, 7 says, resist. We're to run from sin, and then when sin persists, we're to resist it. Resist it and run from it. And then this is it. Go with me to Luke. Hmm. Now go with me to John chapter 3. Last verse, last thing. Number 6. 5 was choose. You have to choose not to sin. Number six is secret or public. How do you want your life to be? John chapter 3, verse 19. God says this, and here is the basis of their judgment. The light of God is now coming to the world, but the people love darkness more than the light because they want the darkness to conceal their evil. So the wicked hate the light and try to hide from it for the light fully exposes their lives. But those who love the truth will come into the light. For the light will reveal that is what God, that it, that it was God who produced their fruitful works. So what he's saying is this. What you do in secret will always be either rewarded or exposed. We, we spend so much time focusing on the external. But when we focus on what's really happening in our hearts and our minds in private, in secret. If you'll focus on your secret life more than your public life, your public life will take care of itself. 
Because if you'll do what is right in secret, God said, I'll reward you publicly. If you do what's wrong in secret, God said, I'll expose you publicly. He's giving people a chance right now in this room to make a decision privately to keep it private. You can keep your sin private if you'll let God deal with you in private. But if you won't let him deal with you in private, he'll expose you publicly. He won't do that to hurt you. He'll do that to help you. Now, Satan will do it to hurt you. He'll try to destroy you. God will do it because he'll like, you won't listen. You're not going to listen secretly. You're not going to do what's right. I've dealt with you for year after year after year to get this right. Now the only thing I can do is let it be exposed. And then, then you... Then you have to live that out publicly. If you're doing stuff secretly that you know you're not supposed to do, you better deal with that and let God help you get that right. He'll help you. He'll help you get it right so that you're not exposed publicly. He doesn't want to expose you publicly. He, does, he wants to keep it in the family. God wants to keep it in you in your, in, in private, but if you won't let him deal with you privately. But here's the other thing. We're going to end with this. But if you'll do what's right secretly... And you'll, in your secret life where no one's looking, and in your thoughts, your heart, when no one else is looking, when you're all alone, if you'll do what is right in the eyes of God and say no to evil and say yes to, to good, he said, you keep doing that, and I'm going to reward you publicly. So you, you get to choose rewards publicly or exposed publicly. We get to choose. I said we get to choose because God's a God of freedom. We get to choose holy or not holy secretly. And if we choose to, hey, man, God, I want to keep this private, so I'm going to ask you to forgive me right now. And I'm not only asking you to forgive me, I'm asking you to empower me by the Holy Spirit to get this right secretly so that I am not exposed publicly, I'm rewarded publicly because I'm going to win this battle right here in the secret place. And I'm going to allow your word to shine the light inside of me to expose anything that needs to be exposed privately so that I can deal with it privately and get it right privately. And when I get it right privately, then I'll get rewarded publicly. God wants to bless, not curse. Listen, every eye closed. He's calling us to live apart from this dark world walk in the light of his word and man none of us will be perfect at it and there's some that are probably watching online maybe even some in this room you hate every word that was just spoken to you because you love the darkness but I want to warn you God brought you here today you're hearing this message today because he's trying to save you he loves you so much he's trying to help you He's trying to spare you being exposed publicly. He's trying to spare you. From all the hurt and pain that comes with being ex sin, secret sin being exposed. He's trying to help you privately so you can get it right. Oh, then he can bless you publicly. But it's your choice. But today, if you don't know, if you don't know God, you've never, you know about him, but you've never said, okay, God, 
You're the God of the universe. You're the God who loves us so much that you sent your son Jesus. He actually died for my sins. You raised him from the dead and he's alive. And he defeated sin and death for me. That I might live free from sin's slavery in this life. That I might walk in your blessings and be a blessing. That I could overcome sin all my life. And I'm free to do it. Because you set me free. And Father, when I die, I go to heaven forever instead of hell. I don't want to live as a slave to the darkness in this life and then spend the rest of eternity in darkness. I want to be free. Jesus is the only one that can set you free. And the only way he'll do is if you, if you voluntarily submit your life to him and say, my life's not my own. It's yours, Jesus. I submit it to you. You're the Lord of my life. If you've never prayed that and you want to pray it, let's do it right now. First prayer I ever prayed was that. It's never too late, never too early. Or say, you've known freedom. You've tasted God's freedom. But you ran back into the darkness. You ran back into slavery, into darkness, and you're like, golly, I don't belong here. I need to get this right. This is not, I know this isn't right. Run home. Run back to freedom. Run back to Jesus and say, Jesus, man, forgive me. I repent. I'm turning around, man. I'm turning around and living for you. So whether it's your first time or your next time, you want to pray and get right online or here online, send us a message right now. I'm praying to get right. I'm going to get right. I'm going to get right right now for the first time or the next time. Send us a message right now. In this room, on the count of three, raise your hand up on the count of three and say, it's me. I acknowledge it. I need to get right with God. And then right where you're sitting and right where you're at online, we're going to pray. Here we go. One, send the message online right now. Two, get ready to raise your hand in here. Three, raise your hand up and say, it's me. I need to get right with God. Thank you. Oh, God bless all of you. That's incredible. That's awesome. Let's all pray together. Come on, everybody who knows God and those who raise their hand, let's all pray together. Say, God, I know you are God and God alone. And you love us. You created all this beauty to bless us. And when we rebelled against you, you didn't throw us away. You sent Jesus because you love us to die for our sins. You raised him from the dead, and he's alive. You did that to set me free from, from sin's slavery in this life. In eternal death in the next. I believe it. And because I do, by the blood of Jesus, I ask that you forgive me of all my sins. And I receive a full pardon. All your forgiveness right now. And I say to you, Jesus, you are the Lord, Jesus Christ, of my life. My life is yours. I trust you with it. And I thank you now. I'm free from the slavery of sin. And I'm on my way to heaven forever. Thank you. In Jesus' name. 
so be it. Amen. Come on. Let's thank God. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to find out more about Church on the Move, like our service times, or how you can connect with us, you can visit cotmroswell.com.